Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. A lot to discuss on today's show. The market reversed course again yesterday. Tech was strong. Uh, banks and everything else that had been strong for the past few days were not. In addition to that, uh, Pod has reversed hard here this morning thanks to earnings from Canopy Growth. They just pulled the rug out from those stocks after a big rally. We have earnings as well from uh, Costco, Salesforce, Williams-Sonoma, Zscaler, VMware. Uh, and we're going to talk about the implications of... Uh, I guess, escalated trade tensions that uh, the president will discuss as press conference later today. Our guest is Jason Rasnick, the man himself. I hope he has a, uh, a pick as good as he had last week. And with that said, let's bring on Joel here. Joel, update us on the overnight session. Uh, nice overnight range, uh, pre-market high, 30.39, had a little dip to 11 and a quarter, but they bought it right back up by the dippers out there again, currently trading down eight handles at 30.30. Uh, we have a double close up here at the high of the move, so we got a really big area to close above today, 35 and a half Wednesday's close, 38 the high close of the rebound. That's the area we need to clear another leg up higher Take a shot at 3100. Uh, crude in the red by 78 cents at 32.93. Gold still in that trading range, up 1520 at 1728 and a half. Silver, that's in the green too by 1.6 percent, up 30 cents at 1827. Bitcoin hanging out at 9500, down 95 dollars at 9400. In 65, Triple D, uh, another trading day and uh, a work a week of a lot of reversals. Uh, yeah, reversal here, week here. And the chasers have been absolutely punished here. Uh, we keep telling you, buy the dip and sell the rip. And I'm telling you, man, this last few days, it's been just that. Where you see the market rip up overnight, they sell it off, they buy it back in the afternoon, they sell it off overnight, they buy it back again. Um, you know, yes, we've treaded higher, but it has been a lot of chop on the way there. And the reversals in individual stock names, Joel. So yesterday, during the pre-market, you had all of the laggards, the Boeing trading higher, the airlines trading higher, the retail trading higher, the banks trading higher. Once And all the tech stocks were down. All the COVID plays down. Once the opening bell rang, 9.30, that trade completely reversed. Banks opened up at their highs of the day, some of them matching the previous day's high, and straight down. Stocks like Amazon open up there near their low of the day and straight up. 
So it's unbelievable. The rotation has just been incredible. We keep talking about it, but it's so pronounced right now. It's such an interesting trade. And if you're chasing these moves overnight, you know, buying the banks when they're up five, six percent, you're being punished for it. So moral of the story, don't chase. Uh, I guess we can go right to the ultimate chase fest and uh, earnings after the close. Uh, canopy growth. Holy mackerel. Oh. How did they get that up to 2349, Spencer? I see 2390 on my chart. <laughs> Let me take uh, Give us the numbers. Yeah. So losses widened in the quarter Q4 EPS for canopy growth. A loss of $3.72. Three, is Canadian. $3.72 uh, cents per share. Uh, they had only lost a dollar and ten cents a share uh, in in the year ago quarter. So on a year over year period, their losses widened dramatically. Uh, net sales did increase, but they, in their in their release, they talked about how this is going to be a a reset year for them, uh, and they're no longer trying to be uh, first in every market. Now they're trying to be the best in the few markets that they're in. So just widening losses last quarter, which is a bit surprising. And you look here, I have no idea why they bought this thing up on the initial report. Maybe they just figured it, numbers don't matter. We're going to buy you know, this pod stock no matter what. The report, like you were saying, Joel, was not good. But they bought it right off of the hop. Um, just look at that pre-market chart. They bought this thing up to 24, is it 2490? 2390. Spencer's right. Spencer's right. $23.90. So on a disaster report, somebody decided this was worth 10% more than it was the previous day. And they pulled the rug out from under it and they have not stopped pulling the rug out from under it yet. It has been straight down Crazy. since that report. Unbelievable reversal here from 2390 down to $17 here now. It will bounce at a point in time. I feel like we, you know, if you're trading this, you might get a bounce in here know. pretty soon because it's pretty straight down. But, you know, that's a huge reversal. So I, I don't know. I guess you go 50% retracement of the whole move. You yep. go like 13 to 22 and take off. So what is that? Uh, Four and a half, bucks? 17 and a half area. Yeah, right there. So you're, you're in that ballpark. So you know what? If you're looking for a pullback on it, maybe. I don't like, the, the, I don't like any of the pot stocks. I'm just not a fan. We know that. I've talked the reasons why many of times on this show. Uh, but with that being said, it, you're, getting, you're getting a huge dip here, and the dips have been bought. It wouldn't surprise me if it does get bought here. But, man. You know, that's a big reversal. What would be the impetus to, to start bidding that thing? I mean, I looked at to the- To take uh, it back now? I don't know. To take it up. And I mean, like what- Yeah, what take could, it back up. Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm just know. talking like the initial surge. Oh, like, why, went, would, why went up on the initial like- Yeah. My number. Like if I see- I, I have three, no idea. If I see 372 versus a buck 10- no, It makes no sense. I'd be like, okay, well, how low is it? I mean, that must have been so quick. I'll have to look to see what, uh, how that, that makes transpired. zero sense. Huh. All right. Zero well, you're sense. Ju you're just leaking here. Step down seller, not really letting up here. 1704 low. Dennis mentioned we're already through the 50%, I believe. So try and find a daily low in here. Uh, here's something for you. If you have to, if you want to take a look, a pair of lows, let's call it 1660. Maybe a quick flush up to there, uh, down to there, you get a bounce. But there's two daily lows right there. Also, if you want to play it a little bit more conservatively, maybe get the big down open, let them flush it out. And then if you come back up through the open, you know, at least you have a reference point that first 10, 
you know, 10, 15 minute candle, but I like 1660 there. It's just hard to get excited about the sector. Like the val, I, I, like if you look at the overall, yes, they have been trending higher and maybe pot is hot again, but the overall trend here for the last couple of years in the pot stocks has been straight down. So if you're just taking the overall trend, rallies are to be sold. And now you get a re earnings reversal here. Makes me feel like, okay, we've seen the top. Now any type of pop is going to be met with more sellers. So um, you can come in here and say eventually it's coming back. It, it could happen, but a lot of people were doing that a lot for the last couple of years in the pod stocks, and it really didn't materialize. Valuations are all still ridiculous. So And, and the sector's struggling with competition. There's too much supply out there. So ACB it's hard. It's hard in. to get that excited, but I'm not selling in the hole. You know, nope. seventeen dollars. I'm not coming in. I, I think there's a, a a trading bounce here somewhere. That's it. It would only be a trade, though, not a long-term investment. Yeah, I see ACB coming in as well. That's down sixty-four cents. That held up pretty well after it had the good news, and then the acquisition, and then uh, Tilray. Haven't looked at that chart. That's trading down fifty-one cents. Uh, so CGC, your leader here. Uh, Let's see, uh, Tilray, wow, that's a big move, down 55 cents. Don't see much in the nine handle for supporting this. Uh, let's see, 890 is your four-day low. Don't think There's we'll going to be low. some sympathy moves here. It's going to spook the whole sector. So, And obviously, you can look at MJ as well. They've had big moves. So you know, CGC is going to be your leader here today. If it starts to reverse and starts to come back up, then maybe you can get excited about a few of these names. But until CGC can catch a bed here, hard to really buy you know, any of these other, other pot stocks here. All right, let's uh, let's go to Costco here. One and... more thing I want to add before oh, sure. we from the pot thing is if you're interested in, in this sector and learning more about it, uh, we have our next Cannabis Capital Conference is Monday. It is an online event. It is Monday, uh, June 1st. You can just go to BenzingaEvents.com to learn more about that. So I want to plug our event that is happening literally in a couple of days. We got Alan for that? Uh, the, 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 the whole crew, the whole band is back together. So right. Tim Seymour, uh, Alan Brockstein, everyone will be there. Uh, and a number of public and private companies. We love Tim. He comes on our show every once in a while. Great guy. And obviously we love Alan. We've been with Alan ever since the beginning. So, uh, Alan Brockstein, nobody's more knowledgeable in this sector than Alan. So. Uh, this will be, be a big one if you're a sports fan, too. Uh, Isaiah Thomas will be there. Uh, John Sally will be there. And Al Harrington will be there. So three NBA players, former NBA players, will be there uh, speaking about their uh, cannabis ventures. So, all right, uh, moving on, Joel had brought up Costco. Is that correct? Yes, let's, sir. Let's go to uh, COST. They reported after the close yesterday. Earnings per share from Costco, a buck eighty nine. A little bit white compared to the estimate of two dollars and four cents. Sales thirty-seven point two seven versus thirty-seven point five billion dollars. So a little bit light on both of the Q three numbers. Their comps were up four point eight percent on a year over year basis. No surprise that e commerce sales were up huge, sixty-four percent on a year over year be, year over year basis. So they cited uh, gasoline uh, price deflation as as a as a, a headwind on sales and the expectations were, were high. Looks like they came in just under the bar there, but overall, nothing in the headlines scare me. We're in consolidation station here for Costco between 300 and 310. That's yeah. where it's been the last yep. month. You get down near 300, I think people are coming to buy the dip on this again. Um, it's a stock that's still loved. It's a company that's still firing on all cylinders. Yes, we know the masks are an issue, and you know they're making people wear masks to come to the store. 
So sales, you know, it can, you know, be hit impact in the short term by that, but still long-term Costco, great business model. Um, I think I'd be a buyer at 302. Uh, I'm not, but just as a trade, valuations always kind of turned me off. That. That's why I've stuck with the targets and the Walmarts from my portfolio perspective, but still Costco, probably best in breed 300. I think you find support. This is uh, there's someone really wants to say it to three oh two fifty area uh, initial spike three oh two fifty one and went back down at three oh two fifty. So I I mean they're not they're not chasing they're sitting there they're being very very patient. I look on the dailies on the dailies I don't have anything there on on the dailies you have the number that Dennis is referring to at two ninety nine forty seven but I don't know. Got to get rid of that buyer at three hundred two fifty. Sometimes when you see the charts like this, they they stay there and they don't move. But that support and just kind of inching up at three hundred three eighty. They're not chasing, but I don't know. We'll see if we get down there and test the pre market low. A couple other stocks, big lots. Holy, that's a big move for big lots here. The stock has come back all the way. I mean, ridiculously. You know, like we're talking about a stock. That is way above where it was even in February. I can't fathom or understand this long-term move at all. If I owned big lots, I would be hitting the sell button <laughs> so hard in my invest portfolio because I think it's not a company that was firing on all cylinders coming into it, but now they're acting like it is. Yes, it's you know discount retailer, so it kind of fits that bill, but this stock was not performing well really in 2019. It was leaking, leaking, and now all of a sudden they've decided this is you know, the best, one of the best retail stocks out there. I think it's nonsense. Um, the numbers must have been good, though. It's trading up 13%. It seems like we had a good quarter, <laughs> uh, surprisingly. EPS, quarter. EPS buck 26 versus a 32 cent estimate, if that's right. That's a pretty big beat. Uh, buck 26 versus 92. Yeah. You're using 90. Okay, so our, our no, numbers are 92. There. All right, fine. Revenue, that's more like it. Revenue, 1.4 versus $1.3 billion. So they beat on both the top and the bottom lines. Uh, growth on a year over year basis. Uh, comps up 10%. I'm not sure how you discount comps in relation to the, this crisis worrying, but uh, I guess that's a good number. Well, yeah. Uh, and you got to think people are, you know, stocking up too, right? This was from Q1. So people were going into the big lots and stocking up too. So it's not surprising, you know, that, that this could have got a little bit of, hey, we're going to go into lockdown bump. I, I think this is a really good selling opportunity. It got up to $44 here this morning, um, which has huge resistance up at 44 to 45. You are fighting there a major go. trend here. So if you're shorting this, you're fighting the trend. But I think eventually the stock comes back down. I don't know if it's going to come back right back down. And we've seen, you know, some of these stocks, you know, really take off. But does this have a big online presence or something? Like I'm trying to justify this move <laughs> in, a, in a retail environment. And we know discount retailers have done better. But again, Big Lots was like $27 when this thing started. It's 41 now. You're telling me Big Lots is worth more now than it was before? Unless they're selling everything online that I don't know about. I have no idea why the stock is trading up here. Yeah, I have to see that pre-market high, you've leaked off it. So that makes you think that if they go try and take it back up in that area, that you're going to find sellers ahead of it because it went up to 44.02 and backed off uh, considerably. Uh, if if somehow it gets through 44, then the upper 44 handle, the 45, it has a bunch of monthly highs in there. So keep an eye on that on a retreat. Uh the only intraday support I can give you is 4051. So you give, give some more back under 4051. 
top of yesterday's range. It's real down, uh, way down at uh, forty ten. And just for reference, I looked at the BJ's Wholesale Club uh, mm-hmm. chart, and that popped, made the high in the day of the move, and I was just kind of hanging up there. It's not, it's not giving it back, but you could definitely sell. You know, there's some major resistance forming uh, in the thirty seven handle in that. So I mean, wanna... BJ, a different company, different though, company. So. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. You know, this is wholesale versus you know a discount retailer that you know takes you know, basically everything that doesn't sell anywhere else marks it down big time and that's their that's their shot that, that's their whole business model i like that business model for a while and i told you they classed up the stores too much and i was like i don't think they're conflicted they don't know what they are anymore and that's really when the stock for the last few years has been disappointing because they went away from this whole um you know we're just you know basically a, a garage sale here for all other retailers and they tried to class it up and get nicer stuff in there and clean up. And, and it just didn't feel like it felt like they were conflicted and the prices started going higher. And I'm like, well, what the hell are they then? Then I think maybe maybe they're starting to figure it out here again because the stock sure has come back a lot. But this is went from 10 to forty one dollars. If you're buying it now, you're doing it backwards. Uh, just real quick on the big lots number, the 92 cents, that was their EPS in the same quarter last year. So the estimate was all the way down at uh, whatever, thir- when I say 32 cents. So the, es- the uh, EPS was a huge beat on, on the estimate and it was a, it was a nice beat on the, uh, on a year over year basis compared to like, so 92 cents was last year's EPS figure, not the estimate. So they beat the estimate, they blew it away. Uh, Dennis, you still take uh, your kid there to destroy the place or no? Huh. No, that was Burlington Co-Factory. Oh, that was Burlington. Oh, I'm sorry. We'd go into the Burlington stores, and you could always play with all the toys. So, yeah, my, my and obviously it's five. He's getting a little bit, but I'd take the kids in there, the five-year-old and three-year-old, into like, you know, you take them into like a nice store, even like a Toys R Us before, you know, when they were actually, before they were bankrupt. And, you know, you felt bad. Like, you know, here they are, and then my kids just start taking toys off the shelf and playing with them all, making a mess of the toy section. I'm like, okay, we got to go. I'm getting embarrassed. You go to Burlington stores, and everything's already off the shelves. All of your other kids done the same thing. So it's like, you know, I don't feel bad in there at all. So I like going to that store. My kid can destroy the whole toy section. looks the same as when they started. <laughs> but discount retailers. Real quick, I want to go Burlington. back. Sorry, Burlington. I nearly I, I, didn't. <laughs> Meaning that your stores are destroyed. Just <laughs> just that you like to destroy them. Um, yeah. Yeah, someone wants to know if you got banned get fired from, from another store. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna get banned from these stores too? Well, that's why you would have thought I got va- from va- from Value Village. You would have thought I'd get banned for that, but obviously it was a different story. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to worry about that now since you're no. not going to any stores. So don't have to worry about. Yeah, being I don't banned. go anywhere, so I don't have to worry about getting uh, banned from. Let's go with some big tech stocks here with earnings out. Uh, how about yeah, uh, Salesforce? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is interesting because the earnings were were fine, yeah. but they were a little bit light on their guidance. So. The the Q1 adjusted EPS or EPS of uh, 70 cents beat by a penny sales 4.87 versus $4.85 billion. So beating the beat, like I said, not bad on the uh, Q1 numbers. Uh, the Q2 EPS guidance was light though. They gave a range of 66 to 67 cents per share. Estimate was up at 75 cents per share. Sales, uh, they gave gave around 4.8, $4.9 billion. A little over 5 billion was the estimate. So light on the Q2 uh, sales and EPS guidance, and likewise a little bit light on the fiscal year EPS and sales guidance. So light guidance to go with what was an inline earnings report. I actually uh, traded this last night. What was the low, Joel? Uh, the low on the initial spike was 172.72. 
I know where you got it. You probably got it at like 173. Yeah, one se- I, I can't. I think 172.90. So I literally picked the low on this. I didn't get on the initial spike. I got on the second. Yeah, I see uh, that. The yep. second try down there when it didn't take it out. And main reason I was buying, I was like, first of all, it was coming on Mad Money in like an hour, and <laughs> you, know, you knew the CEO was going on there, and you know Jim Cramer's probably going to talk it up a bit because he likes the stock. So I'm like, I feel like I got like a little Jim Cramer put here on this. I don't think it's going to continue to go down, and it did spike up a little bit in the Mad Money. You can see around that six o'clock. Area mm-hmm. that's when it started to go up because CEO comes on Mad Money Retail gets excited and they're like, Oh, yeah, Jim Kramer still likes the stocks, let's buy it. Um, then I sold it after the segment got done, so I did play and I made three points on it. Good job. Um, it's kind of just in the consolidation station here after hours. It's a it loved is. stock, though, loved tech company. I would imagine at some point in time, I, I, I don't know if you're coming in on day one and buying the dip on this, but maybe you do. Um, it, it's a loved tech company, so it wouldn't surprise me if this thing bounced back. Uh, the pre-market low, 172.64. Uh, nothing there on the dailies. What I see on the dailies, two-day low at 171.37. So if they manage to press it through it, just be aware that your two-day low. And uh, interesting, it's been really quiet um, since it made that low. It got an initial spike to 176.59. But it's just hanging out here. Uh, 176, very, very quiet. Uh, bulls and bears are squaring off. So a little bit of resistance here at that pop, 176.57. And you see the support from the pre-market chart. Looks like uh, buyers are stepping up a little bit here in CRM. You're seeing the same trade sort of uh, strength in tech today, really, is the theme. Salesforce is kind of the exception to that. But look at Zscaler. It, it's, Yeah. And, and, and obviously, um, and that was from earnings, but yep. you, you're exactly right here, Spencer. This is the exact opposite of yesterday, exact opposite pre-market where we had tech getting hit hard and we had all of the, you know, so-called lower P stocks, call them, you know, the, the ones that have been hit really hard from COVID, the airlines, they were all flying. And it's the exact opposite story here today. The airlines are all trading red and tech is trading higher and the COVID plays are back on. That trade reversed yesterday morning and has just continued. I mean, Peloton, bring that one up and look. Yesterday morning, um, retried to get to the lows of the previous day, but straight up really since the open and um, closed fairly strong. And then you can just look, you know, it's the same story with all these Amazon, Shopify. They're all trading in the, in the green here today. It's a, it's a completely reversal from yesterday. Wait, actually, going back to that, I was like looking at, for example, let's just say J.P. Morgan, okay? So pull up J.P. Morgan. I've got the one-minute chart up on my screen. Yeah. It opens at the highs, okay? Yeah. Dennis, how quickly do you realize, oh, this, this is going to happen? Very quickly. It, yeah. it depends on your position. If you were buying those, you're going to know right away. I'm like, I'm getting killed. Oh, no, it's, it's real quick. These reversals are wicked when they happen. It's two days in a row these stocks opened right at the same area and did the same thing. I mean, it was Groundhog Day for two days there. Banks all open strong and straight down. I mean, look at the charts, the two-day chart for J.P. Morgan. Look how identical same thing. this is. I know. The I exact know. same thing happened. So if you're getting burned the second time, it's, it's on you. I mean, we've been talking about not chasing. I shorted all the banks on that first day. I talked about March 27th. I even, I even tweeted it. So if you don't, follow me on Twitter because stuff changes between 9 and 9.30 once I leave. And if I see something that I think is ridiculous and I tweet it out, I, I said all of these banks have huge buy imbalances. I see a potential for upside capitulation. What does that mean? It means I think all these banks are going to open at the highs. And they did. 
and I shorted Bank America and I shorted JP Morgan and I shorted Citigroup and I shorted all these banks. And like I said, I said this yesterday on the show, I was up, you know, one, two percent in these trades in seconds. Like like the Bank America, I think I shorted like twenty six nineteen or something, which would have been the opening tech, which was the very high or twenty yeah, twenty six nineteen. By the time I brought it on my screen, like five seconds later, because you get filled in all these stocks. It's like a 2570. I'm already up like 2% in trade. Literally, I made 2% before I could even bring it up. So there's huge money to be made at the open. I've always said where I make my most money is in that first couple of minutes of the day. I don't even trade from like 11 o'clock till 3. I've talked about this on the show before. I'm not at my trading desk. Those, those are chop hours. There's no trend. It's all chop up. Yes, the odd day you're going to get something, but it's so bloody efficient. The markets, the high-frequency traders are all over it. They're going to chop the hell out of you. The most inefficient time of the day is 9.30. I trade inefficiencies. That's where I make the most money. But if you don't know what you're doing, that's when you're going to get burned. So you got to kind of have you know, some, uh, some skill set to know what you're doing. I'd say newbies, don't try to just trade the opens off the bat because these are, this is where the wicked moves happen. But when you can anticipate you know, a reversal of what's going to happen, you can feel like, oh, man, they're all trying to buy this open. It's probably going to go the other way. The whole game is just fading the short-term day traders because they're always wrong. The crowd is always wrong. Whatever trade is crowded, it will go the other way. And if you can figure that out from where the short-term money is really piled into for the day, the short-term day traders, there's a lot of money to be made doing that. Uh, near the identical ranges in Bank America yesterday, uh, 2617, 2614. Wow, that opened up almost $2. When are you going to see that in Bank America? Ridiculous. I mean, how much- especially after a big move. So it's had a big run and then you get this huge. So, wow. so it's exact opposite, Joel. You know, we've talked about this. We talk about capitulation where all the sellers just have to sell and get out. You know, that's when the stock's going down. I call it, I don't know if anybody else has ever called it that, but I've called it upside capitulation. When a stock, I've called that for years. I've never really seen anybody else talk about it in, in that text, but I call it upside capitulation. When all the buyers just have to come in, they're like, I have to own the stocks. I've got to be in. These banks are the next thing. They're going back to the highs. I've got to be in. At that moment, that's it. And when your mind starts thinking that I missed the boat and I have to own these banks and you're pressing the buy button, stop yourself because that's the top. It's like my wife. So during the financial or during the crisis in March, um, you know, this was back, you know, when SPY was trading at 230 and I had sold literally 80% of my portfolio away. I had like not that much left in stocks. We still got rocked in the 25 or 30% of stocks that we had. We got rocked in those. And my wife was looking at it and just saying, you know, here I've raised 70% cash and I'm still getting the beats. And she's just like at the end, she's like, I never want to own a stock again. Just get rid of them all. Get rid of everything. And this was right this, this day when she was like, just sell everything. I want out everything. And she almost had me like convinced too. I was like, I don't even know if I want to invest in stocks after this. Cause I watched, you know, 30, I watched my portfolio, which was 70% cash still go down, somehow go down like 10 or 12% because the markets went down 35%. So if you're a third invested and the markets go down 35%, you lose 12%. I'm like, I called this bloody thing and I'm still losing 12%. I'm like, how is that possible? Anyways, um, you know, on March 20th, it felt like, you know, like, oh my goodness, even to myself, I was like, I never want to invest in a stock again. And my wife's screaming, sell everything, I'm done with it. And you know what? I was like, I said to her, I was like, this is the bottom. I'm like, this is the day. And there was one more day of it. It was the next day. So she was doing this on March the 20th. And there was one more real flush on March 23rd. And then we reversed. So it's that day 
where you feel like puking your guts out, that is usually the bottom. And in the opposite way, when you feel like I'm going to miss all, everybody's making money except me, and you have to hit the buy button, that's the top. You can, and it's, it's crazy, but it works like that because your psychology is very going to be very similar to everybody else's psychology. And I felt like it. I feel like I've missed the boat on a lot of the stuff, but I haven't felt like, you know, I didn't really feel like, oh my goodness, I can't believe these prices until a couple of days ago in the banks when they just got silly. And, you know, you saw like this airlines and retail stocks, well, really 30% in two days, it fell over done. So is that the top top? I don't know, but it needed some cooling off. And that's what you're seeing now. That was, I mean, for Bank of America to move uh, four bucks in two days, I mean, you're you're not going to see that happen. It's a ridiculous often. move on no news. It's all yeah. FOMO. That was all FOMO. What was driving this rally? People will come in and they want the fundamental reason. The media calls, the reporter calls me, give me a fundamental reason. It's FOMO. This whole <laughs> thing is built on FOMO. It's not built on reality. The whole market doesn't make any sense at these prices. We've talked about that. It's built on FOMO, but FOMO can carry it a long time. And you look at the, you know, you look at, you know, there is a risk here right now because we know we're going to have the Trump thing coming today. He's going to talk China. He already said he's mad at China. So, you know, it isn't going to be good. So I think <laughs> right. the market's probably a little bit nervous, but do they just shrug that off again? They might. It's definitely the bulls are still in control here. But with that being said, you know, that the market's is completely disconnected from reality, but it was disconnected in 1997, 1998, 1999. It didn't come back to reality until 2000. You know, you had Cisco, CSCO in 1999, trading with a PE multiple of 85. You had Walmart trading with a PE, uh, Walmart, big box store, trading with a PE of 50 back in 1999. And people were coming out. And they were just saying, you can't use traditional metrics anymore to value anything. It's all about growth. And, you know, this is it. And, you know, all these stocks are going to, you know, just continue to go higher. Well, Cisco topped out at $85, I believe it was, or $80 back in 1999. And here we are 21 years later. And the stock is 45 bucks. So don't tell me valuation doesn't matter. It does eventually. If you're buying stocks and sticking them in your long-term portfolio that have P's of a thousand or don't make money and maybe never will make money, eventually it does matter. It doesn't matter for three, four years for Cisco though. It kept going up like that and people kept scratching their heads. So the timing of it's almost impossible, but just be careful with what you long-term invest in because if you were investing in Cisco and Microsoft, you know, Apple's exception to the world because Apple, uh, Apple and Amazon were, you know, a lot weaker companies back then. But the Darlings, the Darlings in 1999, they called them the Four Horsemen. Do you remember who they were, Joel? Do you remember the Four Horsemen? Uh, Cisco. Um, was it uh, Intel? Um, was it I Yahoo? It wasn't Yahoo. I, I'm trying to remember too. Does anybody remember the Four Horsemen? They called them like in 2000, the Four Horsemen. I think it was Microsoft. Cisco, I, I, maybe I'm not remembering right, but there was four big guns. Maybe the four horsemen came later and it was Apple. I'm not sure. But I think, you know, this was well before Fang. All right. How's, how's this? Horsemen. How's this? Microsoft, Intel, Cisco, and Dell. There you go. Those are, that's how they, they just Googled that, the four horsemen? Yeah. I, I Googled yep. Yep. Microsoft, yep. Cisco, Intel, and Dell. Bring up those charts because I want to tell you, you know, this is for long-term investing. This is a, a, a thing for all the long-term investors out there, not the traders. The traders ride the momentum. I ride the momentum. I don't mind being along a stock like Shopify. It's got a P of 100 if I think it's going higher yet. I think I've got the timing down. But I, wouldn't, I don't want to long-term and not look at it again. 
So bring up the first one, Cisco. Or what do you have up there right now? This is Cisco. Cisco. So $82. Here we are 21 years later when they told you back in 1999 that peas don't matter. 82, 21 years later, 45. You know what happened? The growth slowed down. As soon as the growth slows down, these things come back down to earth. Let's go to the next one, Cisco. Let's go Intel. Okay, it's a, there we it's go. It's an interesting exercise. because 70, 75 to 60. Never got back. Here you are 21 years later, you never got your money back if you were buying Intel to PE of 80 because Intel chips were gonna be everything. Yes, they were, but they weren't worth that valuation and eventually valuation did matter. Bring up the next one, Microsoft. Because everybody loves Microsoft and it is making new highs, but it took a long time. So they actually have growth. The and they do, they changed yeah. their whole business model. Though. Right. That was Windows, but look, you went till 2017. So you went for 18 years before eventually it started to go. Yep. And Microsoft's changed everything. They're focused on gaming. They're focused on everything. They, they've really, you know, obviously, um, you know, cleaned themselves up, you know, and, and changed, you know, their, their business model away from it was all Windows. If they were just stuck with Windows, they'd have been in trouble. But, and then what was the other one? Dell. 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 Tough one because they went private and. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, so that's a tough it. one. And yeah, I, I don't even know if my chart was back. No, it doesn't. But, it, it, but it, yeah, so it won't go because it went private and then came back. But I don't know if it ever came back to those, that kind of pricing. I know because I was an investor in some of these stocks. This was when I was learning. And I can remember I bought some tech fund back in like, you know, 1999, you know, when I was first, you know, learning to trade. And that tech fund, I don't think ever came back. I don't think I ever got all the money back because they were in all bad companies. So, you know, obviously I've gotten rid of it since then. But I mean... It, it's tough. It's tough. So as a long-term investor, you, you, uh, what I always want is I want the, the GARP, growth at a reasonable price. And when you're just throwing it into anything and saying, oh, well, I know if I invest in Shopify or I invest, you know, in Roku, that I know these stocks are going to be, um, you know, these, these are going to be the next, com this is going to be it. And these stocks are going to, you know, make me a millionaire. Well, you got to know what you're investing in. Like I, and I like the growth where I'm not paying a ridiculous valuation. Like why I like Facebook for a long time. The valuation's okay. Again, as trading is completely different animal, jump in the momentum, ride the trends, draw your Jeff Mackey purple crayon on there. But from an investing standpoint, you've got to be careful when you're paying ridiculous prices for companies. All right, we've had a little bit of a sell-off here. I don't know if it's uh, some economic numbers. I saw something. Yeah, per, so personal spending for April came out, uh, and it it it, it fell thirteen percent, thirteen point six percent, or sorry, it was down thirteen point six percent. That actually seems high to me. I mean, that was more than the estimate, but I mean, my personal spending was down way more than thirteen percent in in April. So, but a 13.6% decline is the most on record for, for consumer spending on a month over month basis. So that's the number we got at E30. Well, if they didn't like it and uh, we almost got to unchanged here in the, uh, in the prior bracket, uh, it got up to 30, 34.50 folks. I mentioned the double close up there and they are the high closes for the rebounds. So that's going to be really my bogey for the whole day. Uh, you got up there again. And then you peel back to 21 and a quarter. So nice little break there uh, off that number. Uh, we'll see if we can rebound again and get back up there. So if I could just put a bow on, on this conversation, is, is the takeaway, Dennis, that I, it's just too late for 
anyone not already invested in the FANG stocks to buy the FANG stocks? Is that what you're saying? No, no. The FANG stocks, because Facebook, the multiple is reasonable. I love Facebook. I think long-term Facebook's still okay. And I think they're trying to do different things. The shops that they're talking about, you know, they're doing different things. Apple. What I'm saying is, you know, there's some of these smaller stocks that, you know, you just buy them at all costs. You know, like the cloud stocks have just been on fire. I mean, Wayfair, you know, just cannot stop going up. You know, so you've got to consider valuation to a certain extent when you're long-term investing. When you're short-term trading, it's all about trends. It's all about what is hot is hot, what is not is not, and riding those trends. So buying the dips on stocks and uptrends, selling the rips on stocks and downtrends. So two different animals. Try to keep it separate is how, you know, I've been successful in both sides of it. I mean, I think I've done a better, a better job with my trading. Sometimes I challenge myself whether I'm a good enough investor or not, but I think my trading sometimes impacts my investments because I end up selling the good stock too soon. But it, it, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky as a trader to have two separate accounts and say, I like this company for the next 10 years, but I like this company for the next 10 minutes, or I don't like it it's for the tough. next 10 minutes. It's tough. It, uh, that you struggle with it, Joel? Like you do both. You do yeah, but I got, you know, I'm more, I'm more index than you. Like you're doing. And you know what? Yeah. And that's maybe the key. Yeah. And I do I have a lot don't. of indexes too. That's maybe the key. Um, so, you know, so you're not getting, you know, just, you know, chopped around, but I like, I like the, you know, the, I like this company. You like, you do like, the, like the, the CFA analysis and, uh, you know, yeah. And this is a closet. He's a closet indexer. He's, he's indexed. <laughs> a little bad. Yeah. When, when you own like, and obviously I used to say I owned a hundred stocks, in my long-term portfolio. Like I said, I sold a lot. I, I was thinking six. down about 50. Yeah. I have about 50 <laughs> still probably left, but it, it, it's definitely, um, it's you know when you get 50 stocks you're, you are the market to a certain extent you know yeah. obviously you can be a little more value oriented you can be a little more growth oriented um i try to put a few value names but we know i've always been a fan of dividends i'm a fan of getting paid so i've always owned a lot of preferred stocks a lot of stocks that you know pay me to wait even if they start to disappoint and you know i look at you know stock like enbridge i put in my portfolio canadian company utility company yielding seven percent here I mean, it's a stock that, you know, I think isn't going away. It's a stock that survived through the financial crisis. I don't believe that you, we're in a, a crisis situation where utilities are in trouble. So, you know, that's the kind of company that I like. You know, I, I get a 6 7% dividend. Nice yield. Potential yep. for a little growth. That's the kind of company that I like. Uh, get some questions here about the house of mouse here. And it's, it looks like it's rolling over a little bit here. I don't know if uh, you've seen that. You saw the high of the rebound there, 123.78. 116 was the low from yesterday. I keep a real close eye on that 116 because you had a daily low right there on the 20th. Then you matched it yesterday. You bounced. You're leaking again today. Uh, your next daily low in that is 113.42. So important area to hold and it just doesn't look like you have any aggressive buyers here you know taking this up in the pre-market so keeping an eye on 116 support in disney a reversal day last couple of days i gave my rant two days ago when disney was trading at 120 i yeah. it one or two days ago Crazy and i just think it's ridiculous I, I gave the same rant at 100 though so i've been wrong and it went to 120 <laughs> I, I wouldn't own it i mean it doesn't make any sense to me that you know, I, I don't see the huge growth coming from disney i see a lot of problems coming in the next while even if they reopen the parks they're gonna open up with 30 40 percent capacity and put masks on your kids and stuff i mean it doesn't sound very magical to me no thank you uh once they get past COVID, i love disney again but right now with COVID still out there and i don't believe it's gone uh, i'm not a fan of disney 
All right, two minutes before we're going to bring on our guest today, Jason Rasnick. So two minutes before the the, the hurricane shows up, uh, let's. You want to cover another stock, or um, we can. There's a few tickers in the chat. There's a few more earnings we didn't get to. Oh, yeah. Glue, Glue Mobile gave guidance uh, sure. yesterday. That sure. is helping the video game stocks this morning. Glue it Mobile is. guided that their Q2 uh, bookings, I believe it was Q2, right? Yeah, Q2, where they actually raised their guidance. Q2 bookings guidance, they raised it uh, just by $12 million. From the low end, it was $150 million. Now it's $162.5 million. So they raised the low end of their Q2 bookings guidance and the uh, the low end of their uh, their fiscal year uh, guidance as well. So uh, that's helping the video game stocks this morning. GLUU. Nice pop, up 10% almost. I own it in the long-term Ain't portfolio. Move. I did not sell out of it. I had a trade on too, actually, but I sold the trade portion of it, um, which I just bought at yesterday's low. I thought that double bottom might go 865, 865. And then I got the bonus of the stock having good news after hours. So I sold into that pop on the trade portion. The investment portion, I'm still sticking with it. Michael Pachter call. Um, I think you got huge support at eight if it was ever to get back down there. I don't think that's happening. You're going to have resistance up at 10 though. So if you're trading this thing and buying at 950, I think you get cheaper, but I like it. Ah, boy, that's a big move for this, right? I mean, it's a pretty big move. Yeah, yeah 84 cents. I mean, good guidance. Trading at 952. I'll just look at the spike there, and that took it to 970. Not too far away from there, but uh, you got only two daily highs to contend with. Uh, 987. That was your May 13th high, and then uh, two pair, uh, a pair of highs. At, let's just call it 10 and a quarter. High that moved 1072. I don't know. That's a big move for this. Let's see if uh, – I don't think it's going to get there. I think you have problems even getting up to that 10 and quarter area. Okay. I have opened up my Fidelity brokerage account. I have a trade ticket opened. I'm ready. Jason Rasnick, tell me what <laughs> stock I need to buy right now. You want the immediate gonna, my fingers are too. on the keyboard. Jason, tell me what I need to buy. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, it, it, <laughs> we want immediate gratification. <laughs> we no, want to see a hundred percent mover in one second. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything else. You know, <laughs> I, I, my instant messenger name used to be UPod seven under promise over deliver. We've, we've had two, almost hundred percent in a, a week in a row and we got it. We got to continue that run, but you know, you can't get it that perfect. Um, I mean, I heard, I was listening to you talk to us about growth at reasonable prices. Garp, I used to live by that. But now, who knows what GARP really means? Because you don't know what Express Buy is going to come out with. You don't know what these companies come out with. Amazon, yep. you would have sold it. If you're going by GARP, you would have sold Amazon at $10 like I did many years ago. And now it's at $2,000. So GARP is great in the short term. But like in the long term, you just don't know what these companies are going to invent. You know? um, See, I'd say opposite. I'd say GARP is useless in the short term, but very useful in the long term. I mean, again, Amazon's going, it's always going to be an exception to the rule. But you know, when we were looking through those stocks that you were buying at ridiculous valuations like Cisco and Microsoft back in 1999, because those were going to be the companies that were going to take over the world. It took a long time to get your money back in Microsoft. And he never got it back in Cisco. He never got it back in Intel. So I think GARP is very useful in the long run. I think it's very useless in the short run. But the, the other side of that, to Jason's point, is like most people don't have the time, the, the patience to wait on an Amazon for 15 years. Or it it depends. And years, right? It depends on your time horizon and what you are. I mean, if you're an active trader, yeah. you need active trading ideas. This is my income. So my trading is my income. I don't have a second job. You know, besides, well, I guess I do a radio show, but, <laughs> but I mean, this is my income. So I need, you know, to, do, to, to wear both hats. I need to be able to ride the momentum on the hot stuff, 
And I also need to be able to think about my long-term portfolio and, you know, that, and, and doing a full-on like CFA analysis on certain stocks that I think I want to hold for the next 10 to 15 years. So sometimes you have the luxury of doing both. Sometimes you're one, sometimes you're the other. Dennis, um, Dennis would you, let's just go to real numbers. Would you say Tesla is a GART play? No, it's a momentum play. Full Momo. I would never put Tesla in my long-term investment portfolio at these valuation. I think, I think when we look at it 10 years from now, I think it's a lot less. I know you're going to take the opposite side of that. And maybe they start diversifying themselves out like Microsoft did. And they start going into all other things. Like it's a real technology play where they're not just doing cars. But, you know, if it's just a car company, the valuation is absolutely insane. But you know what? So, it's not saying I can't be long at right that's, now. And that's, where we, and that's where we totally disagree. But that's, that's what makes the market, I guess. Yeah, well, why do you disagree? Well, I'm, say, I'm not saying I'm bearish Tesla. I'm not bearish Tesla. I don't think the valuation is insane. I think it's going to be at $2,000 come a year and a half from now, two years from now. There is but no at $2,000, what's the market cap? Let's go look. You just, you just do the math. Um, there's no one that has the margins that Tesla has. I was, I was talking to a high-level GM person yesterday, high-level GM person, telling me about how they're moving to electric and they're automated. He's like, I know my data number here, basically. Because how can GM compete with Tesla? Just how? Tell me. I'm not a how? fan of GM either, Jason. So, yeah, um, but how can I, 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 GM is not the, the play? It's a representative of, a, of an, uh, a monolithic or old line automotive company. For that's, sure. That's, but for sure. You got to hear me out here, though. GM never had a $500 billion market cap. So at 2000 Tesla's worth $500 billion. Uh, like, three, worth, like 300 Like 300 No, no, no. At $2,000 a share right now, Tesla is $150 billion market cap, which is more than I believe GM has ever been, $152 billion. So if we go up to 2000 that's a 150% increase, so 300, four, 400, 400 billion. We're worth $400 billion at $2,000 a share. Is there any automotive company that's ever been worth $400 billion? I'm, I don't know if that's, I don't think so. I don't even think close. What's like, uh, you know, Fiat worth, you know? know, or maybe we should look at, you know, you can look at all these. So but, I just look mm. at potential of, you know, like Fiat's worth $14 billion. So you're talking about something that's going to be 25 times the size of Chrysler, 25 times. Uh, I, I don't think they can do it just with autos, Jason. This is just my point. I, I'm not saying it can't do this. You know, valuation didn't matter. Well, Maybe on, it can go on. to 2000. Hold on. Hold on. You already know they're not doing, not doing it just with autos. It's, it's well, not, no, I don't. What else are they doing? The batteries. Not just batteries. So, solar roofs. Um, um, additional batteries. Uh, I mean, there's products, but what, what I'm trying to say to you, you said the only way they're going to grow into it is if they become like Microsoft and do a billion different things. I am making the argument that they don't need to do a billion different things. They need to do a few, three to five things really well. Right now, they have almost monopoly on lithium, but also they have a monopoly on the distribution. The way that car companies and service, it's all it's all gone. These companies are going to go bankrupt and they're going to be one of the lone survivors in this space. I mean, unless these companies really destroy their own model. So I do, I do think that the electric, you know, like the, a big, a big part of his, I mean, Elon puts a lot of it out there. Some of it he hasn't put out there, but a big part of it is they believe that they will be the Uber of transportation that people will not, they'll be, they'll be subscribing to cars. People, you know, you click a button, they'll come to you. There's a lot of that stuff that sounds so, um, so futuristic, but it's not. I mean, when I drive my car, I barely touch the wheel. I squeeze it every 30 seconds to let it know I'm there so it doesn't take me off. And that's just the beginning. In three months, at least here, 
I'm going to be able to green light, red light. I mean, there's so much stuff, but that's just, that's just the beginning. That, selling a car is one way to make money, but what they're doing with the car is make it into a new business, delivery, transportation. I mean, there's so many things that aren't even out there, but most of it has to do with the vehicle and the battery, the battery to power everything. I mean, I have friends who have uh, basically Tesla solar panels. They're, they're completely off the grid. The cost to do it is almost to what would cost to do a normal roof. It's about one and a half to 1.75 times higher. I mean, it's just, think of it as a DT energy uh, car, you know, like it's, but again, it's the, so the, the, the core focus, just like Benzinga, our core focus is content. Their core focus is batteries. So I feel like Jason, you wouldn't mind the, the, the headline that they're reducing their prices, right? Cause it would just make the cars more available. So the, maybe not. No, a hundred percent. They didn't reduce the model Y they reduced the model S and model X. The margins on these things, you guys got to go watch uh, this guy, Monroe, type him on YouTube. He's like the most sought after car guy in the world. He's like, there is no other car company. And he goes, and, and this guy was a Tesla hater. Um, no other car company, no other phone company, no other company in the world that's doing what Tesla is doing. He, there's a thing called continuous improvement versus continual improvement. Continuous is when you're constantly making quick updates, quick fixes versus doing a big release like a new phone or new car every two years. Tesla, between the car they looked at from six months ago to now, drastic changes. So the cost structure went, went so, so the cost structure dropped by like 30%, their margins go way up. That's why I knew there'd be profitability for Tesla last quarter, and it'll be the same thing even way bigger the next quarter. People don't get this continuous uh, improvement that basically no other electronic company does. And this is what this guy Monroe was talking about. And you can watch the last video he has in there. He's actually out of Auburn Hills, Michigan. It's unbelievable. They took the car apart down to the, the screws, every little inch, instance. He goes, he's never seen a, car, a company and he takes apart every kind of device you could ever imagine do what, they, what they've done. A year and a half ago, he was very bearish on Tesla. And, and genius. I mean, and, and Jason, you've been right about this. We got to give you some props. You've been right about this the whole time. Just at, one, at a certain point in time, it's like, okay, it's worth 10 times, or, or right now it's worth over 10 times as much as Chrysler. Maybe Chrysler's worthless. You know, maybe it's just going to be just Tesla. Um, you know, but at a, certain time, at a certain price, do you not ever consider valuation? Do you not? That's a good question. Let's just take it to, do you consider valuation when you're doing your long-term investing? I'm just curious, like, you know, obviously you do a lot of analysis and the story is all that matters in the short term. Valuation, throw it out the window. It doesn't even matter in the short term. And the short term might be years, you know, but 10 years from now, you, you've got a story. You've done some homework on this. You believe in it. Is it like, I'm just trying to figure out your, you know, because I look at it at 150 billion. I think a lot of the stuff you just talked about, I feel like is priced into it. So like, as I, it's worth 10 times as much as Chrysler. So yeah. that's, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I have a simple, easy, easy answer. Yeah. I bought $38 and 10 cents. My, it was at like a, it was in the low billions. I forgot what it was. Yeah, my for sure. My value, valuation prediction for Tesla was my goal of 50 billion is what I thought it would get to. Okay. 50 yeah. by zero. So it's it's not, three times that. It's not three times that. And so then I had to go back to the drawing board and say, what changed? Did anything change? It's been not, it's been seven years. I was like thinking the automotive companies would start to compete, but they haven't. And they're actually even gotten worse. Um, and I look at the numbers and I do the math on the number of cars sold in Asia here. And I didn't expect them to expand that fast to China. Um, do I look at valuation? 100% I look at valuation. That's where I, I try to look at my downside scenario. So you, I think you guys know I sold some, my, maybe you don't, but I did sell some of my Tesla position at, um, 
seven, like 80, 81 a few weeks ago. So I think I sold 20% of it. I'm hoping that it goes back down to 600 so I can buy more, but you're right on that stuff. I do, but I also, and we'll have, I mean, I don't know if we've had her on, but Kathy from ARK Investment, her valuation is 5,000 a share. That's her, her bullish case and she's increased it. And I looked at her models. I'm like, okay, my models are off. So I do look at valuation. I think Tesla for where it's at now definitely has a premium valuation on it. So 5,000 a share, it's a trillion dollar company. She's basically saying yeah. Tesla most valuable company in the world. Yes, not most most valuable because I think Microsoft is- They're, they're right around there, 1.1 trillion, right up there with the leaders, like top five valuers in the world. Don't do the fake news thing, Dennis. That was fake news. We just said, <laughs> well, no, how many trillion dollar companies, Spencer? What, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple? At, at the White House, when they asked questions, they asked them in the negative versus just asking the facts. So then you'd say, you know, Tesla will be one of the top five most valuable companies. And yes, that's what she's saying. But it's not the most valuable, you know. So it's just that's just the way. I'm just saying it. it'll be one of the most valuable companies. Well, I mean, yes, she thinks that. And, Jason, what you, I'm sorry. If I finish that thought, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I, I, there's a couple of things I just have to announce too. Can we switch yeah. off Tesla first? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Um, oh my God! Do you guys hear that printing thing? I, the kids printing their homework. I'm a. I <laughs> literally, I'm gonna. We heard one in Hewlett Packard. We heard Hewlett Packard by the uh, dip. That, that's that's the stock of the day in Xerox. <laughs> Xerox, <laughs> XRX. I, 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 I unplugged the printer. All right, now to the uh, my kids gonna that. be coming yelling at you in a minute. Where's I my homework, it. Dad? But we're, we're, we're live on this thing. We, we got to get into stuff. We're late. Day fifty four. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, I got to do this, Dennis. I basically, I think we basically agree on the Tesla thing. It is a hefty valuation. Do I think it has a lot of room to grow? Yes, yep. but they got to execute yep. perfectly and. It can't just be a car company. It has to be an electric company that serves a lot of different purposes. But I'm just saying it doesn't have to go start selling widgets or, yeah. you know, or, you know that's, that's all I'm saying. You okay? think some of those business models are already started up there that, you know, to, to get to enough four or five different revenue streams could take you there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So, so, um, You're talking so, me back into it. Raleigh, you can come say hi. Cause you <laughs> come say hi. Cause they, so I got to announce one thing. Raleigh, come on the camera for one second. <laughs> stop blowing your kids. <laughs> but all right, guys, very excited. At 9 o'clock today, head over to BenzingaBootCamp.com, Benzinga Bootcamp. Check out the lineup. Register to get access to over eight hours of live stream, stream, streamed educational content today. Registration is only $97, and you get lifetime access to the Masterclass video set. Yes, I am reading this, guys. A handful of expert trading guides and a wealth of knowledge you can't get anywhere else. We're kicking off with a live trading session at 9, 10 a.m. So hurry over to BenzingaBootCamp.com. You, you mentioned who will be there, some f uh, familiar names uh, for people who listen to our show. Nick Shaheen will be there, Anne-Marie Band, Jeremy Newsom. Uh, so if yeah, you're, there's, you're listening there's, to the show, those names ring a bell. They'll be there. I tried to make it a hyperlink in the room, but it didn't work. But so it's, it's pretty awesome. There's actually 18,000 people signed up for it. But um, I mean, there's gonna be, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. There is a, a, there is a private session where it's, um, um, what's it called? There's a hedge fund manager, uh, Shaheen, Chris Camillo, and that's a three hour private session that you get to interact and talk about it. It's all day to day. It's the Benzinga Bootcamp. Luke Jacoby, Neil Hamilton, and the events team have been working their butt off on it. So BenzingaBootCamp.com. Now, let's go to a, quick, a, few, a few quick stocks. You guys were talking about some of the gaming plays, glue, glue and stuff. What do you think about Zynga? Any opinion on Zynga and Love ZNGA? It. Love it. 
I think it? it's, okay. I, I, I've been a fan of Zynga for a long time. I actually had it for a long time. I've sold it. I wish I wouldn't have sold it because it started to break out. Michael Pactor was on our show. He likes, he liked it as well. I mean, again, gaming is just not going away. And, you know, even if we get out of this lockdown, I think just the fact that more people were trying out games during the last couple of months is going to help these companies going forward. So I love all the gaming stocks. Okay. And I bought Zynga when Michael Pactor was on the pre-market prep, prep show. And I've made 22% on it since that time. I think that was data. It's 18% around there. Yeah. Um, he's so bullish on it. I am a little surprised, Dennis. I actually thought Zynga would be like at 12 bucks by now. I sold some of my Zynga because I was like getting impatient. So yeah. I sold 100% of it. I, I just think people are playing games on their phones and all that stuff all the time. I'm like shocked. It's not like at 12, to, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? I like okay. games. Go ahead. Yeah. What are you I, lo- I love the online. Glue Mobile and Zynga. I like them both. Yeah, Michael Pactor is coming on the show on Monday. Just a uh, quick heads up. Oh, on really? That. He'll be if our Michael Pactor turns bearish on Zynga and Glue Mobile, me and Jason are selling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll a lot of pressure. Joel, I'll be listening to pre-market prep on Monday for sure to hear what he has to say. Um, so a couple quick things. We're, we're going to get to Express Bond and a couple other picks really quickly. Just have to do two more um, quick things. Monday, I heard you guys talk about canopy growth. We just got Canopy Growth to commit to coming out on our event Monday. Really? So you're gonna, yes. They just committed last night or like at 3 o'clock. I know the timing is interesting, but um, they are coming on Monday. We have an all-day bzcannabis.com. Basically, all the public companies in the cannabis space, which I know, like Dennis, you said the right stuff on it lately that it's been rising. Um but you, you just never know. You never know in this space what's who are going to be the winners, who are going to be the losers. I mean, I'm the I'm the dunce who sold Amazon at ten dollars a share yeah. in 2003. Um, I also sold on sale and a bunch of others that are all bankrupt. Those ones, so I got was right on those ones. Just you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to pick up the, the ones. So if Jeff Bezos, in my opinion, was available in a private webinar that I could have heard him speak and heard his vision for the future, that's what we have. We have on Monday BZ Cannabis, and we have basically the CEOs of every public company. It's all day event. You can pop in, pop out. You can actually talk to them directly, and they're all going to be there. It's, we have, it's our, we do this event, Dennis and Joel, you guys know, and Spencer, we do this event in like Chicago usually on June 1st and it's about 800 people. We limited it that. And it's just people get access to these private companies, public companies this year. We're doing it online because COVID it creates an opportunity for listeners of pre-market prep to pop in and see opportunities before they become big. Like don't miss out on that. I guess it's just something that we're going to, you know, that if you, if you, it's not expensive, um, and there's ways to just view it for free, I think, too. So or maybe they sold out of that, but bzcannabis.com. All right, now I'm done with those things. I'm done promoting. Express Spa, what did I do on that? I sold now, and this maybe was Joel's advice or Dennis's advice, but I sold, I think it was Dennis's. I sold 30% of the position. Um, I wanted to get my cost out of it and a little profit. So now, as they house say, money. what'd you say? Playing with the house, house money. money. Yes, that's what it was. And so now we're playing with the house's money. Now the, the two scenarios on that, by the way, I should read you some, uh, some of the uh, LinkedIn message I got from someone saying that like, it's so crazy. So I got such crazy messages on this one. And I know when they're so Ignore crazy. them, ignore them. No, I think it's good. I think he had a good one. I, I think they were good crazy. I, I think know. he's talking good crazy. Uh, it was both, right? Yes, it's both. Mo, mo, most, most. Well, bring in the love and ignore the hate. <laughs> That's how I do it. <laughs> yeah, mo, mo, most was good. Most was uh, good, crazy. But this guy named John Balboni, 
Uh, oh, he the name too. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I'd mess with him. I don't um, know if I'd mess with him. You know who that is? It sounds tough. Oh, he does. <laughs> Girl, come on, dude. You're not fooling anyone. You know why, which is no doubt why you bought the day before the PR came out. You knew this was going to happen. And, uh, stop the charade. Integrity matters, Jason. You have any kind of thing? And I wrote, wow, do you think I'd be dumb enough to publicly comment if I had inside info? This is a first. Thanks. I guess that I guess if that's not true, then you just think I'm that good. If someone's accusing me of having insight, it's like you guys see my big muscles, right? My big muscles. If someone starts accusing me of taking steroids, that's a compliment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously, I don't have any muscles, guys. I'm weaker than Dennis, Joel, and Spencer by far. I was going to say combined, but that wouldn't make any sense. So I don't know what I was saying there. But anyway, if someone accuses me of insider trading, that's like the biggest compliment you could possibly get, I would have to say, because I had no insider stuff, and you guys know that because you were there real time with me. Anyway, yeah. so that's what I'm doing on that. I also bought, you know, it's been on about five weeks I've been on. I told you guys I was buying community banks pretty heavily, which I did because of the PPP loans, um, COLB, and a few others. Those are rocketing. Those are all like up 5 to 10%. I think it's just up, carried up with the financials. Yeah. Um the, another pick that I bought, and I don't know if we talked about it on the Friday show, I bought GAN pretty heavily. One of my bigger buys, and I gave it to Scott. You know, I don't think I saw the video that Scott made, one of our users in the chat room. I gave it to him on Tuesday. GAN is the back end to a lot of the sports betting stuff. So everyone's buying DraftKings. GAN does a lot of the sports betting stuff on the back end for these other um, applications. So there's a lot of people that are using a lot of casino and other companies as they get into sports betting are going to be using GAN software. It recently went public. Yeah, that's yep, that's perfect timing for that stock. I wrote that up yesterday. You mentioned it, and not many IPOs out there. People love IPOs, and you get an IPO with DraftKings, which is just starting to take off. People are like, "Oh, I yeah. miss DraftKings." Uh, absolutely impeccable timing on uh, on that IPO, and it's performed uh, very well. And the this gaming is- and the IPO, the double whammy, that stock hit 20 yesterday, backed off. But if you take the look at uh, the DraftKings chart, I mean, how do you sell this thing with the, the momentum that it has? This is, and, Joel, this is my biggest buy of array. Um, I bought it at 1585 and $1,590 or $1,582. I sold a very small amount when it hit 1850 yesterday, but I'm keeping 85% of the position. Um, I think it's one of these plays, just like, I don't know if you guys remember, but we talked about the outdoor plays like D-O-O, like D-O-O-O, or P-O-O, Polaris, and like the Ski-Doo's. Remember that, ATV stuff, guys? So those stocks are up like 20% since we brought up on the show a couple weeks ago. And the GAN to me, is the same kind of play. So GAN is that kind of thing. Now, guys, I have no extra intelligence. This is all. <laughs> Wait, someone check the, I'm checking the PR feed right now. Yeah, we're going to watch GAN. They got a press release that they're getting taken over by Microsoft. <laughs> so I don't know if it's moved, but GAN is something. And, I mean, and then I got to go to a Joel favorite stock in one second because it, it has been moving and, I, and I'm going to do more research on it. And this is one of Joel's favorite stocks. But before we get to one of Joel's favorite stocks, and it's one I own too as well. Um, and I know, guys, the Benzinga Bootcamp starts in 10 minutes. Five so, minutes, yeah. Okay? Five minutes, BenzingaBootcamp.com. Luke will kill me if I don't say it. Another stock that I have been playing, and I'm sorry my energy isn't there. Okay, yeah, here we go. This one I'm down on. So let's just be called spade a spade. 
Um, I bought it. It's down 4% since I bought it. Um, oh, whoa. Wait, is it up today? I bought Callaway Golf. Eli. Eli. E-L-Y. I bought it pretty nicely. My logic, again, is my Mastercraft play, the outdoor play of the day. E-L-Y. It makes golf clubs. Okay? You guys hear of it? Well, yeah, we I know, think golf we know is Eli. I, 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 pull, I, I thought you said Elon. I call like, it Eli. Okay. Callaway well, Golf. Yep, I know. So I played golf for the first time last week in like a year and a half. I was ready to go buy some clubs. So my logic is people are playing a lot of golf. I think this is such a no-brainer buy. I don't know what else to do. And so I, as of yesterday, I was down 4.93%. But I guess I'm seeing a, a pre-market gain of 8% today. Uh, no, it's just not odd. That was just one tick. 100 yeah. shares. Sorry to disappoint you, but it wasn't just an odd uh, 100 shares trade-off exchange, 1650. It's 1520 to 1575. So it, right. it's looking like it could open up 20 cents, but not a All right, yeah. So, so I'm down any light, but let's look at that. 1524 today. Let's look at that where it's at next week, all right? That's what I'll say. Um, I'm, I'm staying in GAN. Peloton, I'm still in. The other um, last, I know people like the stock symbol. So um, a travel play that I, I, I bought was Sabre Holdings, S-A-V-R. So I like buying the dentist, just like Benzinga is like the back end to a lot of platforms. I like buying the back ends. I mean, front ends are cool. Like Amazon, I guess does both because they do shipping, but I like the back ends. Sabre Holdings, if travel comes back at all, it's um, S-A-V-R is a symbol. It powers like orbits and all those things. It was at 550 recently. It got crushed during this collapse. I've been buying SABR um, as a as a travel comeback play. Um, so that is if you do the GARP thing. If we go GARP, I kind of yeah. agree with what you're saying. GARP's more of a you know growth reasonable prices long term. It kind of makes more sense. That's a, a GARP play for me. Saber Holy. It's not a trade for me right now. If it goes to 10, I will definitely sell like 20 percent of the position. But I want to hold it because I think it can get back to 15. Um, all right, that's three names. That's Eli, that's GAN, and that's Saber. So uh, we'll see. Well, GAN looks like it could get hot. That's one that could get hot. Um, if it could take out yesterday's high, would be important, though. 20 bucks is just always a critical yeah, nothing after all that. these newer companies. Yeah, I'm staying in GAN, and, like, there's nothing, uh, you know. Um, and what, are the, what do you guys think about this stock? I don't know nothing about it, but I got a bunch of messages after the Express Box call last week, um, Spencer, and the stock is – I know LTRPA, this guy is a big pre-market. By the way, guys, pre-market prep, Dennis, Joel, Spencer, just freaking awesome. I mean, the loyal community guys here, like, we, they love you. We love you. What Scott did with this highlight video he made was amazing. That was fantastic. great. Fantastic. That was fantastic. Fantastic. And there's so many more of that. Shoot it. What's the email address for pre-market prep? Pre-market at Benzinga.com. Yeah, pre-market at Benzinga.com. And my email is Jason at Benzinga.com. If you have an idea how you think you can help us grow or get the word out, like that, like the YouTube thing, share it. We want to get a hundred thousand listeners. I know we can. Um, so just you know, feel free to reach out to us. Jason at Benzinga, pre-market prep, pre-market at Benzinga. Um, we're, we're here and you know, there's another guy, Mitch Hotch, who's helping us now on some stuff. So we're, you know, we want to, we want people to make money and you're, and you guys have between Dennis and Joel, I mean, so many years of trading, they're not like, I mean, they're laughing a little bit when I make a call, my express bot, and I see the thing, but they know that this stuff can turn the other way too. Remember, the market, when it seems so easy, it, there, there's something wrong a little bit, so you got to be careful. And it's so easy to say, oh, I should have had this many more shares. But these things can turn. They can turn. And so I don't just go buy foolishly. 
I lower my risk level a lot and I get mad because I'm like, God, we should have had more patience. I did that with my Twilio position. I sold 30% of it and I was like thinking I was really smart. And then like three days later, it went from like 160 to 200. I'm like, why'd I do that? And then I bought it back. But anyway, it's one of those things like these guys, the show has so much experience. Listen to it because it's like one of those things like, you know, history tends to repeat itself. Dennis and Joel have seen a lot of markets. All right. Uh, I want to wrap before the options bootcamp starts. Uh, so, uh, Jason, thanks so much for the time. Remember, BenzingaBootcamp.com is the URL to, to, to join the bootcamp today. And then the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference is Give Monday. that URL again because I just went there. It's Benzinga. Benzinga Bootcamp. BenzingaBootcamp.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got it. And I never got color on LTRPA, but it's okay. Um, someone emailed me and asked me about it. You guys have color on it. I know we'll talk about it. We can talk about it next week, but I'm yeah. still on DOO and I'm on Carnival Cruise Line. And, but I gave you the three stocks. That's it. I'm sorry. There's no express spot. hundred percent pop. So disappointing today, Jason. All right. I'll, I'll make up for next week. Thanks for having me on guys. Love you guys. Keep the energy. Have a great holiday weekend. Dennis, Joel, Spencer, you're my heroes. Thanks, <laughs> all right. I'm going to wrap it up here. Thanks to everyone who joined us. Thanks to our guest, Jason Rasnick. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Joel and I will be back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time to close the week up. In the meantime, everyone have a great rest of your Friday and be safe and good luck out there. Okay. We're right. off. Good show. All Going right. off. All right. I'll talk yeah. to you a little bit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.